In today's show, we're looking back at a pretty busy Wednesday, 10 games on in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week on... Actually, I was going to do Friday, but I'm not going to do it on Friday. Maybe we'll do it on Thursday, uh, re- readjusting the schedule and you can get in on the action. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. Let's get into these games and talk some sports. The first game from Wednesday was a pretty big victory for Portland in the end. 124-101 over the Detroit Pistons. Damian Lillard, who's been pretty quiet lately, he came out on fire. 33-4-10 with five triples. Great to see. 91% from the line there as well. Well, CJ McCollum, two blocks. He's an underrated shot blocker, McCollum. 24 points, four threes, six assists. Was pretty rusty after coming back from that foot surgery, and now he's putting up like three or four really big games in a row. Bob Covington didn't get the four blocks, but the shooting still remains amazing. 80% from three in this game. 16 and six with three steals and a block. I fully believe he can average two steals and a block per game. There's no problem with that. I don't fully believe that he's a 50% three-point shooter or 48% three-point shooter or whatever he is over the last two months, considering he's, I think his best season is 36%. I fear there is going to be some regression come, and it's going to hit you pretty hard in the fantasy playoffs, and that's why I think that he's a sell-high guy, just because if that falls off, then he goes back to scoring eight points per game with one and a half threes on 34% shooting, and it's rough as shit when that happens. That's tough, and you'll be aware of that because at the start of the season, that's exactly what he was doing. Now, you could say that, well, he had his bad shooting stretch and now he continues to do it, but that would mean he continues to shoot 48% for five straight months, and I just don't think that's a possibility. So I am worried about a regression. Storm and Norman Powell also brought the defense, three steals and two blocks, but that's not a likelihood to continue from Powell. One of the worries we had for him was the 36 minutes a night in Toronto and the big usage. Would that continue? It hasn't quite. 14-3-2. and two. 20 or so 17% usage. It was a plus 21. He's going to start. He's going to put up some pretty solid numbers, but I think we're going to get just a marginal drop-off from Toronto, Norm Powell. Nurkic, only the 21 minutes. I just want these minutes to come up. He was a plus 15. He had 6, 6, and 4, which again, in 21 minutes is not bad. I am still holding him. It is frustrating, though, dealing with him at the moment. And then Ennis Cantor in 27 minutes, 10 and 8. If you can get any top 100 player back in a trade for Ennis Cantor, I would absolutely do that. Derek Jones Jr., he did just what he does all the time. One steal, two blocks. That's it. He only played 18 minutes, but he's just that specialist streaming type option um, for defensive numbers. That is literally just it. Now, for the Detroit Pistons. Let's talk Hamadou Diallo, who was great. 26 minutes, 19 and 7. Two threes, three assists, one steal, one blocks. Um, Happy for him to be this level of rebounder. He he can be that. Steal and a block. Yeah, the block, maybe one block per game is a bit too much. But his last, or in fact, his three games since he joined Detroit, he is the 45th ranked player. Excellent. Like, really, really good. The reason that I'm a bit skeptical of this sticking is he's shooting 68% from the field. He's shooting 92% from the line. And he's shooting 60% from three for a true shooting of 81%. 
Now, you can tell me that he's improved. You can tell me that he's a good shooter, but you cannot, with a straight face, tell me that he is an 81% true shooting guy. Because I tell you who's an 81% true shooting player, literally nobody. Diallo has had problems in the past. He has never shot, and even this year, he's 65% from the line, and that's his career best. He's never been a 50% field goal guy. He's just below that this year. And his best three-point season is this season as well at under 33%. So while this has been great, a three-game sample size, and you should add him and see where it goes, I think there's going to be a fairly sharp fall-off from what Diallo's doing with uh, with some of his um, percentage numbers. I just... not not There's just no way. Look, there's literally no way that it's able to keep... Um, uh, keep going like this. It's it's actually impossible for him to keep up this level of shooting. So just be aware of that, and be aware that when he comes out and then has ten and four or ten and six on thirty eight on sixty percent from the line, you go. He's killing my percentages. Just be aware that that is literally the likelihood of what's going to happen with MC Hamadou Diallo. Not trying to shit on him too much. I'm just trying to provide um, realistic expectations. Jeremy Grant, 30 points in 34 minutes with three blocks and three threes. He'd been pretty quiet of late, so it's good to see him be able to do that here in this one. Well, Corey Joseph got the bulk of the point guard minutes, which is why you lose by yeah, 23 points. 11 points, 9 assists, 2 steals. He's playing a lot of minutes with Dennis Smith out. You can stream him in for 14-team leaguers and maybe even 12s, but you don't want to rely upon him at all. He's the 247th-ranked player this year in 22 minutes per night. Not the greatest night from Isaiah Stewart. He had some foul issues, 6-4. and four. Still worth a 12-team hold, but a tenuous hold, while Plumley had 18 points. And Saban Lee, I would have hoped for a little bit more out of Saban, but he was minus 16, unfortunately. Uh, two and two with six assists in 20 minutes. And Josh Jackson went from out of the rotation to starting. I'd say missing all five of his shots is not a positive indicator that you will continue to get minutes. So when we get um, Smith and Hayes and Allington and Magruder and those guys returning, Jackson probably won't have a role. While the depressed penis definitely made all of our cocks sad. He was 0 of 8 from the field. Zero points, four rebounds, two assists and one steal. He's 106th ranked player over the last two weeks, including this stinker. I think he's worth a hold, but yeah, he, he does have some consistency problems. He is a rookie, of course. That is what rookies do. They have consistency problems. And uh, yeah, just not a great night from Sadiq, but he looks to get back on the horse tomorrow for Thursday's game as the Pistons do have that back-to-back. Watching to see whether Hamadou Diallo actually plays is going to be a, going to be a pretty interesting thing. I'm excited to tell you about a new podcast that I think you're going to love, and it's called Death at the Wing. It's a sports documentary podcast, and it's hosted by Adam McKay, who is a writer and director of The Big Short, Vice, and Anchorman. In the 1980s, basketball saw players like Magic Magic Johnson, Dr. J, Julius Irving become household names, bringing a faster and flashier style of play that captivated TV audiences. But along that way to wealth and stardom, the excess of the 80s took its toll on the next generation of basketball, and never in the history of any sport have we seen so many who are ready to become stars face tragic deaths in such a short time frame. McKay is joined by sports journalists and experts who live through these moments in history to explore this overlooked phenomenon and the web of social, political, and cultural forces at play. I think it's going to be super interesting to watch or sorry, to listen to as his podcast because you know, we, we know that history and so many of us grew up in the 80s and 90s watching the NBA and you're hearing Adam and those uh, co-hosts talk about it. It's really intriguing. I, I can't wait to listen to this podcast and I really suggest you do. So if you listened, if you love The Last, Last Dance, if you love 30 for 30, their audio stuff and their, uh, and their TV stuff, I think you're going to love Death at the Wing. So search for Death at the Wing wherever you get your podcasts to start listening. All right, let's go on to the next game. Um, Miami and Indiana is that next game. In fact, 
92-87, Miami gets the win. Miami games are becoming an absolute slog at the moment in terms of um, in terms of uh, scoring. They're just super, super low. And uh, hopefully we can get uh, we can get some big scoring back, but it just doesn't feel feel that way. The Spur Dunk Robinson probably his best game of the year: twenty points, six triples, eight rebounds, four assists. Absolutely fine to be a streamer, but yeah, is he worth holding on for more than a streamer? They play again tomorrow, so if he is available, you have him. But this is a guy that after today jumped to the 138th ranked spot. Like that is not a guy that needs to be held all season when his main category comes from threes. Adebayo was all right, 16, 8, and 7 with a steal and two blocks. And Goran Dragic, I don't think we need to bother with Goran in 12-team leagues. The Iron Shoulder had 12 points with three rebounds and two assists. And Tyler Hero, 17 in 32 minutes. But the arrival of Oladipo is going to put make things pretty interesting to see how all these Dragic and Hero and Nunn and Robinson minutes all shake out. Nemanja Bielitsa, are just the six minutes for him. Don't fair to say he's not a part of the rotation in a huge a huge way. Well, Trevor Ariza, just the 26 minutes. And he's shooting. I think he shot 14% in each of the last two games, which is obviously horrendous. He will be better than that, but he is only more of that 14 to 16 team league guy or a streamer for a 12 team. But he will definitely be better than what we're, than what we're currently getting from him at the moment, which isn't, that isn't to say much because, again, he has been... Uh, He's been horrible. These last two games and the minutes have been down. Him and Andre Iguodala getting those uh, getting those minutes at the power forwards. But Iguodala had two points in 23 minutes. Obviously not a fantasy option. For the Pacers, Miles Turner had some foul trouble. That's why he only played 28 minutes. But it was encouraging to see the usage go up a little bit. 15 and 6 with three threes and three blocks. While DeMontis Sabonis had a banged knee. He did return to the game. Um, they think he's fine, which is good. 9 and 14 with three assists, a steal, and a block. And Dougie McDirt played through his own ankle injury, 14 points for 23 in 23 minutes. Karis Levert, just a standard Karis Levert line, sub 500, true, true shooting, 14, 1 and 6 with four steals. That's what he does. He brings assists. He gets some steals. He pisses on your percentages. This is just what Karis Levert does. Well, Timothy John McConnell played 25 minutes and had five assists with 11 and 7. Worth holding on to in 12-team leagues. Again, I was impressed by my man, Gogo Badadze. Problem with my Gogo-mobile. Gogo-mobile. No, not the dart. Not the dart. Not the dart, indeed. Goga, um, you know, impressive in the limited minutes, but there's just no way at this point for him to get big enough minutes to impact. While it was a terrible night from Brogdon, seven points on 17% shooting, that is rough. And Justin Holiday said, hey, I can do it too. Five points on 18%. Now, Holiday brought in two steals. At this point... Holiday is looking to me more like a steals specialist or a steals and threes specialist streamer rather than a guaranteed must-hold sort of player. He's now outside the top 100 on the season, and I think that it does start to just sort of drift away a little bit, especially with McConnell playing more and Levert in the rotation. Let's go. Next game, Houston and Brooklyn. The Nets win at 121.08. The Rockets were up at three-quarter time, and then the Nets pulled away. Let's start with the Crucifix, Christian Wood. 35 minutes in his first game back from illness. 14-8 and eight with two steals and three blocks. But let's also talk about Kelly Olenek, who basically played behind Olenek and played behind Jay Sean Tate and got all those minutes, and he is a 12-team league guy. 14-3-4 with two blocks for Olenek, while Daniel House went bananas. 18 points with four threes. I do not believe in House as a must-roster 12-team league guy. He's probably more 14-team to me, but this was a really strong showing. While the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, only had eight points, but one steal, two blocks, he is a 12-team league play. Not as good in points league, 24 fantasy points for Tatey here, but still worth looking at. Kevin Porter Jr., on the surface, you start off the line, looks great. 20 points, six assists, that's great. But only two boards, two threes, no steals, no blocks, and missed all three of his free throws. He did shoot 56% from the field, but as we've seen, without John Wall, his numbers do start to go up. Um, but I think it's fair to say that some people will be a little bit disappointed with him. So far this season, Kevin Porter has played 30 minutes a game 
or for Houston, and he's the 151st ranked player. That's disappointing for the guy that you know was going to win everyone their league because he's got some issues with the way that he plays and the fantasy relevancy of it. And he's look, that's 20 and six is nothing to sneeze at. It's really good, but there were some of these concerns with him in Cleveland as well. So he can go out and he can have these good moves and he can his passing has definitely improved. It's much better, but a lot of def- deficiencies like here the free throws, the lack of defense. Some nights it'll be a poor field goal percentage. Still holding him, still must roster player for sure, but I think some of the height with him may have gone, it it might have gone just a smidge too far, I think. Sterling Brown had 11 points in 31 minutes, while DJ Augustin, again, continues to be a solid enough streamer, especially for those deeper leagues, 11, 5, and 4 for Deej in those 18 minutes. For the Nets, James Harden had to leave at the end of the third quarter with a tight hamstring. Steve Nash said after the game, no, we don't think it's too serious. Not going to be anything too serious for us to worry about. The last time he said that was 74 years ago when Kevin Durant last played. So just be aware of that. No, nothing too serious with Durant. Maybe maybe two games he'll miss. Yeah, we're like six weeks back, uh, back from that now with Durant and still no return. I'm not saying that that's happening for Harden, but I'm also saying do not believe a single thing that the Nets tell you about injuries because it is always, always bullshit. Always. They're one of the worst teams for injuries. Shout out to the Grizzlies and shout out to the Timberwolves, but they are one of the worst teams in terms of injuries uh, reporting. Harden, 17, 8, and 6, and let's just hope that he's all right. Kyrie Irving, massive, 31, 6, and 12. And if Harden and Durant are out, I think we're going to get a pretty decent run here from Irving to put up some good numbers. Now, I also wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie sits on Thursday in the back-to-back. If Harden's out, Durant's out, they might just just punt the game and say, don't worry about it. Smoke and Joe Harris. 28 points with seven triples and six assists. Really good game, really good shooting, but yeah, empty in a lot of other areas. I still do believe he's a must-roster player. Well, Blake Griffin filled it up, 11-6-4. And, and how many times have you seen Blake Griffin have two steals and a block? I've seen him have two steals and a block in a season, but really very, very infrequently in a game. No, I'm not adding Blake Griffin. Um, Nicky Claxton continues to be their best center by the largest margin that is known to man. 21 minutes, 12-8, and eight, a steal and a block. DeAndre Jordan is not going to play when LaMarcus Aldridge plays. I can guarantee you that. He is not going to play at all. He's played 12 minutes for the last two games. Claxton is the best center on this team. Um, Aldridge is going to have an impact on Claxton. It really limits his upside. But if you still want to have Nicky, I, I don't think it's the wrong decision. Actually, it probably is the wrong decision, but I can understand the appeal. 12 and 8 in 21 minutes continues to look great out there. While uh, Jeff Green had six points in 21 minutes. But this the comment Nash had post-game was, okay, yeah, Nick's had a lot of, he's young, he's had a lot of injuries, so we don't want to overwhelming and overload him. So it just makes me think he's going to play this 22, 23-minute-a-night role. But don't be surprised if he hit the playoffs, not your playoffs, not fantasy playoffs, the real-life playoffs, and this dude's getting 30 a night because he is by far their best, their best big man. Like it's not, again, it is not remotely even even close as to who would be challenging him on that area. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and college basketball, which is almost over as well, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today using our promo code LOCKEDON, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the bar that is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and it's amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. We are down to the end here. Cookie Dough Chunk has won through in the Flavorful Four into the championship, and now we've got Coconut Brownie Chunk versus Mint Brownie. Now, Mint Brownie is pretty good. 
coconut brownie chunk I haven't had, but it sounds bloody delicious. So I'm going to take coconut brownie chunk to take on cookie dough chunk in the final. But if you want to vote, go to builtbar.com or their Twitter account at bar underscore built. And remember, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see today who won the matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the Built Bar stable. Next game, the Dallas Mavericks. They get the win over the Boston Celtics in the end. It was 113-108. Luka Doncic, 36-8-5 on 73% shooting. That's really good. Unfortunately, he shot 64% from the line, which is as that uh, guy from the witch doctor shop in The Simpsons talking about uh, frozen yogurt. It's really bad. I need to get that clip. Kristaps uh, Porzingis, if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry, I'll find the clip. Porzingis. Um, Porzingis, 19-8 with three threes, two steals, and three blocks. Actually rolling at the moment. 45 fantasy points for Chris Stapps. He's inside the top 30 over the last two weeks, putting up some big numbers. Well, the burner, Jalen Bronson, this is what he was doing early in the season. 33 minutes off the bench, 21-5-3 on 80% shooting. Now, it's not real because he's not an 80% shooter, but getting back to those minutes is intriguing. Josh Richardson. Get that garbage out! Yeah, 8-6-4, really hard to justify him as a must-hold 12-team league guy. While Timmy Hardaway had had a string of some big scoring games, seven points for Tim um, in 25 minutes. So he's only a streamer there. While Finney Smith had two steals, and and that's cool and all, but he's more of a 14-team league guy than anything uh, really remotely close to a a 12-teamer. He's a streamer for 12-teamers if you're looking for some defensive stats, but uh, anything more than that, I I think you're pushing your luck. On to the Celtics. Last minute, Rob Williams, the rock DJ, was a scratch. They had no Tristan Thompson, so they started flaming Mo Wagner. Yeah, he didn't do much. 2-4-2 and in those 16 minutes. Grant Williams went from playing 24 minutes to playing... And the Cornetto. Luke Cornett had four points in his 16 minutes. So the center position just did nothing, really. Tatum was great, 25-9 and nine with three steals. Marcus Smart was excellent. Marcus Smart is on waiver wires in some leagues. Guys, what are you doing? Pick him up. 17-5-7, two steals and a block. He's really good. While Jalen Brown returned from a one-game absence. JB, you've done it again. 24-4-1 with four steals and some really good efficiency. Unfortunately, just two of four from the line. While Kemba Walker had 22-5-6. And, and those guys really drove everything. Ivan Fournier... He played 31 minutes. He had six points and took six shots. Yeah, I reckon we can uh, reckon we can move on from Evan. It was always going to be tough for him to find enough shots as the option. Uh, you know, behind Tatum, Smart, Brown, Walker. Um, yeah, really going to be hard for him to do that. I think you could feel pretty comfortable from moving on if you're in a luxurious spot in the standings and you want to hold. Sure, but I I really don't I really don't see it. Uh, for him you know, maintaining any sort of top 100 or top 110 value as we move forward. Next game. Um, poor man. The Toronto Raptors and the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder win, 113-103. The Raptors, Kyle Lowry's out for a week and a bit with his foot injury. That's not great. We t- I talked about that on the injury update show that today, saying oh, I'm a bit worried about his foot, and then it came out about an hour later that he's going to miss this time. Van Vliet was excellent, like actually unbelievably excellent. 18-4-7 with five steals and four blocks. Now, he shot 29%, which is bad, but overall, that's a huge, huge line. One then Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG, B- stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. In fact, OG, don't stop because you are putting up huge lines. 20-11, four threes, three steals and a block. Now, I remember before Pascal Siakam's breakout, and I've told this story before, I said, I think, I think Ananobi is a better player than Siakam. People howled me down about it. And then Siakam went on to have a, a tremendous season, and OG was horrendous in that year. 
and I looked completely foolish. And Siakam's been, you know, All-NBA, All-Star. But again, I will say it, I think Ananobi's a better player. Um, we're seeing him elevate his offensive game. There's big numbers coming up. He's the 22nd ranked player of the last two weeks. Now, this is bold, and I would never draft him there. But is he a top 30 player next year? I think he's got to be close to it, doesn't he? Gaz Trent went bananas. He had took 20 points in the first half, but in true Gary Trent style, he had 31, two rebounds and zero assists. This is the problem with Gary Trent. Now, he brought in two steals, which is nice, and he shot 55%. Like, that's that's solid. But when they don't go in, when he shoots 40% and he has 13, 2, and 0, you don't want anything to do with that. Now, that's great. Stream him in, by all means, ride the wave. He's the 175th ranked player this season. He's had plenty of opportunities. I just don't buy it for Trent. Sure. Points leagues, no worries. Points in three streamer, no worries. But too many lacking areas for him, if for my mind. Uh, Siakam, 14-7-4. Rough night for him. Two of nine shooting. And speaking of rough nights, uh, Nick Nurse hates this bloke. How, have I said it a thousand times? Probably. The wiki Chris Boucher. 10 points in 19 minutes. Two threes. Two blocks. 153rd ranked player over the last two weeks. Um... Nurse is basically just saying, well, he's he's pretty much just a, a power forward and not a center. And this is what happened last year when Gasol and Ibaka would get injured. Like, they just wouldn't play him because Nurse does not trust him in that position. Now, he'll occasionally have a 28-minute game and have you know, 30 and 12 with four blocks and eight threes or some shit like that. And you go, oh, man, Nurse, what are you talking about? But we can question Nick Nurse. And I think there are some questions that need to be asked about some of these decisions with Boucher. But it doesn't matter if, if Boucher is not playing. We have to address it that way. And I don't think he's that talented. He, he's that talented at putting up fantasy stats for sure. But I don't think he's that talented in terms of an on-court player that he sh- that I'm going to say, Nurse, you're an absolute dickhead and you need to play him 30 a night. Now, Baines is not necessarily getting it done. So you can make the argument that Boucher should play over him. That's a pretty easy argument to make. But I'm not, I'm not convinced that Boucher is as good as his fantasy stats might tell us when he plays big minutes. Is he a drop? In a 10-team league, I'd have no hesitation, I don't think. I would move on. In a 12-team league, I'd be pretty, pretty cautious about doing it, but I can totally understand it. Rodney Hood suffered a hip injury, and they're not happy about it. They think that um, it's going to be pretty serious. I wouldn't be surprised to see Hood miss... A serious hip injury is months, usually, and that, that's a real worry for Hood. Now, he's not really you know tickling the edges of a, of a fantasy league at this stage, but um, it's just bad news for a bloke coming back off an Achilles... And it's, again, one of those things that all these guys that came back from Achilles's, they've either been bad or they've gotten re-injured. John Wall, Kevin Durant, Rodney Hood. It's just one of those injuries that even though when we see these guys, like Durant looks so good, there's still going to be problems. And I think we always have to have that in our mindset that even if someone throws you, hey, well, these guys look good. Yeah, but they still missed a ton of time with maybe related, maybe not related injuries. And now Hood suffered another one. And Hood's a guy that's been injured a lot in his career. uh, And we just hope he's all right. The Thunder had no Alexei Pokashevsky, Ty Jerome, Darius Baisley, Shea Gildas Alexander, Lou Dorda, Al Horford in this game, and they still beat the Raptors somehow. Because Fima Haluk had 22 points in 36 minutes with two blocks and four threes, really benefiting from those extra shots and benefiting from the fact they went in at a ridiculous rate, 64%. Am I adding Mahaluk? Deeper leagues, sure. Um, but yeah, Jerome could be out for a little bit. I don't expect him to be. Uh, Poku could be out for a little bit with his uh, health and safety stuff. Shea's going to be out weeks. Darius Baisley might be out a couple of weeks. I'd say a couple more out for Dort. You could stream my Haluk. Moses Brown, 20 and 12, one block, and eight of nine from the line. Must roster player, nothing changes there. The eight of nine's not real from the line, but it's just good to see it. 
Well, Isaiah Roby started off slow. He had 17 and 10 in 32 minutes, a must-roster player. And the Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams, had 10 and 8 in 28 minutes. That's just streaming-type stuff. And the Salt Flake, Theo Maladon, his shooting is just... He- to- I couldn't even say the word. Horrible, terrible, terrible. It's all the same. He's bad at that at that part of the game. 19%. 11, 7, and 6 with a steal and a block and two threes is not bad counting stats, but that shooting numbers are rough. If you want Maladon, if you want Teo in your league, by all means, you can have him. I just don't think he's an absolute guaranteed priority type of bloke. Joshy Hall played 21 minutes and had 5, 5, and 4. Missed all of his shots, but attempted some from the free throw line. And Justin Jackson had a Justin Jackson line, 12, 4, and 3. For him, and Tone Bradley doesn't really look, really look like he's going to take any minutes away from Brown. It'll be interesting when Baisley comes back, how much Bradley plays and whether Roby starts getting those backup center minutes uh, over Bradley and whether he remains in the rotation or not, I guess does remain to be seen. Next game, the Knicks go down to the Wolves, 101-102. Julius Randle, the double royal. Twenty-six and twelve with six assists on fifty-five percent shooting for Randall. While Rowan Barrett had twenty-three, three and two with a steal and a block, and again just a subpar percentage night from Barrett. He is the hundred and fifty-fourth ranked player this season, but just so up and down with consistency. And whenever you can get twenty-eight minutes of Alfred Payton, I reckon you got to do it. But to be fair to Tom Thibodeau, which I usually never am, um, he did score 17 points. Now, designing an offense where Alfred Payton has 30% usage means you deserve to lose to the team with the worst record in the NBA. And that's what happened. 17-5-3 for Payton with two steals. Not adding him. He's not good. And and again, when he has 30% usage, there's something absolutely going wrong. And then the thing happened that I told you might happen. 24 minutes for Nerlens Noel and... 24 minutes for Taj Gibson. Now, Noel still had a steal in two blocks, and he's a must-roster player, but Taj had seven and eight with three blocks of his own. Tibbs is going to do it. He's going to get in his own way. He's going to screw things up, and they lost. And that's what happens when, again, when you play Alfred Payton 28 minutes, when you play Alec Burks only 24 minutes, and you play Emmanuel quickly, who, let's be fair, was bad in terms of shooting, 0-4, but was a plus 11, by far the best on the team. You play him only 13 minutes. More questionable rotation decisions from Tom Thibodeau. I, I don't think that's. I don't think there's any problem with that. We're saying that, is there? Some people are going to disagree with me. On to the walls. Let's talk about Goose, Anthony Edwards. Twenty-four points for Goose, two rebounds, three assists, but three steals, three blocks, true shooting of sixty-six. A masterful performance from Edwards. Um, really good stuff. We're going to have worries about the efficiency. I worry about. Defensive stats coming through, but when he puts them up like this, it's great. And then Carl Anthony Towns, let's get, I don't know, let's get something excited. 18 and 17, six assists and two blocks. I didn't shoot particularly well, but loved the ball going through his hands. And it was good to see Malik Beasley have a good game for once uh, since returning from suspension. 20 points, but in true Gary Trent style, he had one rebound, zero assists. He did hit five threes and have a steal and a block and remains a must-roster guy. Well, Jaden McDaniels is a must-roster as well. 18 points, four triples, elite defense, 36 minutes. He is not going under 30 minutes again unless he's injured or fouled. foul trouble is my guess. Dominating at this point. Uh, Ravishing Rick had nine points with seven assists and two steals, and uh, yeah, not a lot else happening there. One show, Jarrett Culver, Jake Lehman. I don't know why they played those three minutes each for any of those blokes, but uh, yeah, that's it. And then we still got D'Angelo to return probably at some point next week. Next game, Utah, Memphis. The Jazz win at 111-107 without Don Mitchell, and without Don Mitchell, Mike Conley went off. 26-4 and seven and four steals, and that sort of expectation was pretty obvious, I think. Same with Jordan Clarkson getting 24 and 7. It still shot horribly, 
but got more shots, 36%. And then even Boyan Bogdanovich got in on the act. Now, you'll be shocked to know that he shot horribly. 35% from Bogdanovich, but 23-5-3 with two steals. No, I'm not looking at him as a must-add player. He did hit his threes at a good rate, just couldn't hit any twos. He's a guy that you can, again, add as a streamer for points and threes and is now outside the top 225 over the last two weeks. Awesome. Jingle and Joe had 10-5, and five, not his best night, while Rudy Gobert, uh, yeah, not his best either. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Um, eight points, 12 rebounds, four assists, one steal, and two blocks. The horrible part there is the two of seven shooting from the line. Everything else looks pretty good from him. And I thought Mia only flashed a little bit. Two blocks in 14 minutes. He's just a name to watch for Dynasty Leagues. He'll never be a top 100 player, probably. But two top 150 seasons from Oni at some point in the future? Don't, uh, don't count it out. For the Grizzlies, big game from Ja Morant, huge. Three steals, two threes, 36 points, seven assists, 61% shooting, 80% from the line. This is why you get hyped about Morant, and then he goes out and chucks up other turds. But 53 fantasy points, great stuff from Ja. This is why, even though he was outside the top 200 for the last two weeks, I was still looking at him as a buy low and not a drop, because we know these games are here. Valanchunas had 16 and 14 in his minutes. Jonas Vasilinovas. 32 minutes for him without Brandon Clark in the lineup. Uh, big numbers there. One Kyle Anderson, 31 for him as well. 18 and 11 with three blocks. I think the extra minutes for Anderson again are because of the absence of Brando. While we had Desmond Bain starting, he had 7, 5, and 5 in 33 minutes. And you're going to be shocked to know, guys, that D'Anthony Melton only played 22 minutes. Now, to be fair to your mate Taylor Jenkins, he wasn't particularly good in this one. 5, 1, and 1 with a steal. Um... Will I hold one more game? No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. There's your answer. And I know that's probably irrational, but I, I, I will do it. Um, Dylan Brooksy Brooks had 17 points in 29 minutes as well. Not the greatest uh, game overall, but the three steals and 17 points for Brooksy are, are solid enough. He, he's more of a streamer to me than a must-roster player. Next game we look at is a nicer reversal of fortunes from the Spurs, who were beaten comfortably by the Kings two days ago, and then they beat them comfortably. 120-106. Rishon Holmesy Holmes, 14 and 15 in two blocks. We know what he does. And DeLon Wright, super impressive from DeLon Wright. Now, I still believe that he's not a must-roster player. He still only played 22 minutes, but 16 points on 50% shooting is strong. The three assists, the two steals, I think we look at him more as a steals-type streamer. This, again, that's that's good, but it's the 22 minutes that worries me a little bit. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He is falling off, for sure, but 14 rebounds, 5 assists, a triple one helps. 6 points on 25% shooting doesn't. While Tyrese Halliburton had 18 with pretty empty uh, stats in the other areas, and Darren Fox, who'd been rolling, didn't roll quite as hard on this one. 20 points, 39% shooting. Still hit his free throws, which is super encouraging, but no rebounds and no steals. And Bud Heald was, uh, yeah, he was bad, Bud Heald, in this one. 14 points on 28% shooting with a steal and a block and continues to really struggle. But deeper leagues, again, you want to pay attention to Terrence Davis, six points in his 21 minutes. Actually, I should just clarify that with Heald. He is struggling this year with his shot. He's nowhere near the level that he was before. I think he's under 40% from the field, and he's the 84th ranked fantasy player. But we're not dropping him. This was just a, a worse than usual game for Heald. On to the Spurs. DeRozan, 26-5-7, rock solid. Pat Mills, nice streaming value. 12 points, three threes, five assists and two steals. And DeJounte Murray had 12-6-6 with three steals. Poor shooting, but good numbers nonetheless. Well, Derek White, maximum Derek. Maximum Derek. 16 points, 
no, sorry, 18 points, six and three, a steal, two triples, but unfortunately, he just cannot shoot at the moment. 29%, 67 from the line. Now, this is a guy who historically has been an excellent shooter, so I have no idea what is going on. The usage is excellent. The plus 15 is excellent. He is a clear must-roster player. I haven't had any of the Derek White haters coming at me recently, but the, the shooting is a clear worry, and I want it to get better. But it's been bad all season. Hopefully, he can figure it out because I'm using you know, historical numbers from what he's been able to do all throughout his career to say that, yes, he's a better shooter than this, but this is a prolonged cold trick. Now, what this could mean, that he goes on a run of two weeks of shooting 60% and really goes maximum, but uh, at the moment, it is rough. Pirtle had 12 and 14 uh, with a steal and a block, which is solid. While Keldon Johnson, unfortunately, mate. Get that garbage out of here! He was better, but 11 and 5 doesn't cut it. 26 minutes doesn't cut it. You can move on in 12-team leagues. While Gorgie Jeng's Spurs debut had uh, one point in six minutes before going out with a shoulder injury. All right, let's go on to the next game. We're looking at the Chicago Bulls. They go down, lose their fifth straight to the Phoenix Suns. So much for going all in on the playoffs has not worked too well, of course. Yeah, it, it is hard when Zach Levine is out and, or banged up as he's been in most of these games. But the uh, the Suns win it 121-116. to um, Chicago went with a curious starting lineup with Levine out. They put Larry Markkinen in, meaning Patrick Williams, a power forward, Played at the two. I know they've been playing at the three all season, but he's a four. Um, uh, Thad Young at the three. Markin at the four. I guess you could switch those guys around. Nikola Vucevic at the five. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. And then Sadoransky at point guard. Uh, Vuce had 20 and 10 with two steals and a block. That's really good. And Thad Young was also strong. 19 and 10. And Patrick Williams had 16 points. Shot well. A steal and a block. Pretty good numbers for him. Look, he is up and down. We know that. More of a 14-team league player. But the guy who I thought should have started in place of Levine actually played a lot of minutes. 29 minutes for Denzel the Hammer Valentine. 19-6-4 with three threes. He took a lot of shots, but they needed someone who could create shots and hit threes. And that's really one of his only skills. I wouldn't say that he's an ad or anything like that, but if Levine misses time, maybe he can be a streamer for some scoring. Sadoransky fouled out after 30 minutes, nine points, but the seven assists and two steals are good. The 27% shooting is bad. I still think he's got a 12-team league spot. Well, Larry Markkinen, again, you look at Larry Markkinen, you got 34 minutes, all right, 16 and 10, all right, maybe I shouldn't drop him, maybe he's an ad. Then you go, all right, two assists, zero steals, zero blocks, 39% shooting. This is the problem with Larry Markkinen from a fantasy perspective. And he's not getting 34 minutes a night. I think he goes, as soon as Levine's back, he goes back to the bench. He doesn't get this many shots and uh, he's not this good. So if you did drop him, don't fret. If you want to hold on because Levine is out, sure, by all means. But yeah, get a lack of uh, additional stats, I think he's always going to hold him back in terms of fantasy ability. For the Suns, Booker was great. 45 points on 71% shooting, including 9 of 10 from the line. While Dario Saric had his second straight big game. 16 and 5 with three threes. And I wouldn't get too excited because Saric's games before that were pretty shithouse. But this was really solid. And he can at least be a 16-team league guy. Chrissy Paul had 9, 10, and 4. And DeAndre Ayton was, uh, yeah, he was bad again. 10 and 4, two blocks, 32 minutes. Um, had started to play better, but this was not good. While Jay Crowder brought the defense. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Four blocks and a steal with three triples for Crowder. A perfect example of a 12-team streamer. And McCall Bridges, perfect example at the moment of a buy low. Six points in 28 minutes, really struggled here in this one. You don't drop him, you buy him low for a very low price because people get frustrated and they always oh, get these questions all the time. Man, Bridges, I've got to drop him. No, you don't. And they get frustrated when he has a game like this. And even with this game, he's still top 50 over the last two weeks. So see if you can get in there and buy a little bit low on McCall Bridges.
All right, let's crack on. Last game of the day. Bit of a blowout here. The Los Angeles Lakers go down to the Bucks 112-97. In the end, um, it was, of course, the first game for Andre Drummond for the Lakers. We'll talk about that soon. Didn't go particularly well. For the Bucks, Drew Holiday was great. 28-8-6 with four steals and a block on 69, 69% shooting. Giggity! Um, he's been great. Two games in a row. Top 15 player over the last two weeks. Probably a little bit of a sell-high moment for Drew, but really kicking into gear. Well, Yanni had 25-10 and 10 with three blocks and 8-10 of 10 from the line. And the big ragu had 13-5 and five with three steals and three threes. Dante DiVincenzo. We still don't have Jeff Teague here. So how he impacts? Yeah, he shouldn't. But he probably will, so that's going to be something to watch. Chrissy Middleton, 16-7-8. A little bit disappointing, but not too bad. Well, Lopez scored just four, but had four blocks. There was no Bob Porter, so there was no P.J. Tucker to take his minutes away. Paddy Connaughton continued to get his 27 minutes. He had five and five. He's, again, just still that deeper league sort of player. Orthanasis Antetokounmpo also getting some deep league value. Eight points in 12 minutes with two blocks. But by deep league, I mean like 20-team league for Thanasis. For the Lakers, let's start with Drummond, who they said before the game would start, and he would play starters minutes, and he would have no limits, and he would be intelligent, and he's in great shape. And he comes out, and he plays 14 minutes, he hurts his toe, and he has four points on 33% shooting. Now, I know that that's not what's going to be indicative of Drummond all along. I didn't think he looked particularly good out there. He had one rebound, he had one block, he missed both his free throws. He had a nice little athletic play at the beginning to get that block, but he was puffing and huffing. And to me, there is absolutely no world in which playing him 30 minutes a night makes you a better team. It makes you a significantly worse team when you've got Marcus Gasol and you've got Montrez Harrell there. Now, I'm not the biggest Harrell fan in terms of him being a 30-minute-a-night game changer, but he has his role. Are you just going to play Drummond 30 and Harrell 18? That's ridiculous coaching. And again, Gasol came in. He wasn't even going to play in this game. He played six minutes. He had two points, one steal, two blocks. I thought he looked really good out there. He's by far the best defender. The Lakers can blow as much smoke up Drummond's anus as they want. He's going to be a monster defender for us. Really game changer. He's not. He is a bad defender. He's got quick hands in passing lanes. He's a great rebounder. He is not a good defender. And the amount of hype that is coming from Lakers reporters and Lakers coaches, you legitimately think that Kareem was lacing him up again. Prime Kareem, to, to be honest. Oh, he's, he's, he's legend. It's so good. And if that's the case, if he is that good, then the buyout system is well and truly kids. Cover your ears. The buyout system is well and truly fucked. Now, we know it is fucked, but if you can just go and get a bloke for free who's a legend of the game, apparently, and this massive game changer, then, it's, then the system's screwed. Drummond isn't that good, quite clearly. And I really wonder what they're going to do here with this rotation. Because watching this, 30 minutes of Andre Drummond, 0 minutes of Marcus Gasol, 14 minutes of Montrez Harrell, or 18 minutes of Montrez Harrell, is a losing proposition. It just, it just is. And you've got to try and get Drummond some minutes. I understand that. He's going to play. You're going to work him in. And we're not dropping him anywhere in fantasy. Like, you're holding him. But... Some of the rhetoric around him has been it's been nauseating, to be honest. And I feel like sometimes I'm going crazy. Going, Am I wrong? Like, and then I convince myself, oh, he'll play 30 minutes on. He is a beast. And it was just these other bad teams that he was on. And part of the reason those teams that he was on were, were bad is because he was on them. I think that gets ignored. Oh, yeah, he's only ever been on bad teams. Yeah, because he was on them. That's part of the reason. And I am underselling him. He's an elite rebounder, one of the best in the NBA. Still can't finish for shit. Can't shoot. Good passer, not a good rim protector and a bad defender. And that's sort of, I think we need to just balance like what kind of a player this guy is. Again, we're still holding. He is a fantasy beast. We know that. But 
I think if he gets 30-plus a night, it's a huge mistake from the Lakers. Um, he still wasn't the worst plus-minus center on the team there, by the way. Montrez Harrell was a minus nine in this one, 19-5 and five in 26 minutes for Harrell. But that's just standard. He goes out, he scores a lot, and then a lot just goes the other way. That's just what happens to him literally every game. Schroeder, 17-3-8, good numbers, apart from the shooting, 33% there. While Wes Matthews had a bit of a trip to the locker room, but ended with three threes and three steals. There's some okay numbers. Uh, the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, remains a 12-team league guy, 16-7. and seven. We'll see if Drummond impacts that at all as we move forward. And uh, I thought Markeith Morris was all right as well. 15-6 and six in 29 minutes. A nice 14-team league, 16-team league sort of player at this point. Taylor Horton Tucker, yeah, rough at the moment. Three points in 17 minutes, and KCP had two points in his 22. And the Lakers continue to struggle. Let's have a look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Jaden McDaniel's up 37%. There's still time to get on. Go and add him in 12-team leagues. Hamadou Diallo up 15%. Add him. De'Anthony Melton up 11%. Well, I'm probably the only sucker that will hold on, but I can understand dropping him. In fact, the logical decision probably is. Alexei Pokyshevsky down or up 8%. He's now in the health and safety protocols. I think you can be okay if you want to move on there. I don't think his upside is super, super high. They have to hold through maybe a two-week absence. It might be a two-day absence. I don't know. And Isaiah Roby up 8%. That should be higher. Roby is a 12-team league guy. Drops. Jordan Poole down 19% short. Dan Gafford's out with his injury down 12%. No worries. Nick Claxton down 9%. Again, the evidence tells you that he should be getting more minutes. Whether it comes or not, I don't know. Real chance he plays 27 a night in the real playoffs, but does it happen for us in fantasy playoffs? Probably probably a big question mark on that. DeLon's down 8%. I think that's okay. And Keldon Johnson's down 6%. I think that, again, is the right move there. Top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Svima Hayluk, um, big game from him today. I don't fully trust 64% shooting from Svi. He can be a streamer. Blakey Griffin, more of a 14-teamer. Jalen Brunson, probably more 14 as well. DeLon Wright, again, fringe 12, but more 14-team league. Paddy Mills is a good streamer for 12s. Finney Smith, a 14-team leaguer. I've just spoken about Claxton. Rudy Gay played well for the Spurs, but yeah, not enough there to look at as any more than a 14-team league guy. Corey Joseph is an interesting short-term 12-team streamer with Dennis Smith out. And then Markeith Morris, who's again providing that 16 to 14-team league value. Let's move across now, talk some DFS for Thursday across the NBA. All right, let's get into these games on Thursday. We've got seven of them. Philadelphia and Cleveland up first. No Joel Embiid. He is going to return on the weekend. No Jarrett Allen. No Larry Nance. But Kevin Love is questionable. Now, he's not going to play a huge amount of minutes if he does play. Matty Dallavadova also questionable. Dylan Windler, uh, doubtful for this one. Washington and Detroit. It's a back-to-back for the Pistons. So will Hamadou Diallo play? I'm not sure. He didn't play their first back-to-back. Wayne Allington is questionable in this one. Dennis Smith's been out for a while. We don't know whether he's ready to go. Same with Scooter Magruder. Well, for the Wizards, the big one, of course, is Bradley Beal. And if he is out, uh, Russell Westbrook's going to get that huge bump in that scenario. And you're probably going to get Jerome Robinson getting another start. The whole Neto is questionable as well. Another one to watch. Charlotte and Brooklyn. Malik Monk's missed the last two. He's probable for this one. Remember the last time that he was probable, though, he was ruled out. So don't uh, let's not get too excited there. While for the Nets, no uh, Marcus Aldridge, no Kevin Durant. And then James Harden had hamstring tightness. Almost no chance he plays on a back-to-back here. So I'd have him as doubtful. And Landry Shamit, we don't know his status either after missing a bunch of games with that ankle problem. The Warriors in the heat, we're going to get Victor Oladipo making his debut in Miami. We don't know about Kendrick Nunn, who's missed the last couple with an ankle injury. The Warriors, outside of Eric Paschal, are pretty much good to go. The Magic and the Pelicans, um, New Orleans, Zion Williamson and Lonzo Ball are both questionable. Now, if Lonzo's out, we're going to get more Nikhil Alexander-Walker. If Zion is out, 
Uh, Brandon Ingram is going to have a chance to go off. You're going to get more Josh Hart. Josh Hart probably starts in that spot. It gives a little bit more Kyra Lewis coming off the bench. Maybe James Johnson gets into the mix to make us proud. There's going to be some very interesting rotation decisions if both of those guys do happen to be out. The Hawks and the Spurs, John Collins is out. We should get Lou Williams' debut. How that impacts guys like Bogdan Bogdanovich remains to be seen. I imagine Danilo Gallinari starts in place of Collins, although they started the second half last game with Solomon Hill. And then DeAndre Hunter is questionable after dealing with knee soreness after coming back what uh, was a little bit early from his initial prognosis. And then lastly, the Denver Nuggets and the Clippers. The Nuggets are going to be without Monty Morris, and the Clippers are going to be without a bunch of blokes. No Pat Beverly, no Rajon Rondo, no Serge Ibaka. And no, the Beatle, Paul George, he is out as well. Marcus Morris is questionable, so look for more Luke Kennard, look for more Nick Batum, look for more Terrence Mann, look for more Reggie Jackson, look for more Ivica Zubats in that situation. Now, on Fangio, if we look at some top values, I'm looking at Wiseman, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Marcus Morris if he plays, Alex Len starting, no Dan Gafford, of course, in Washington, Isaiah Hartenstein, um, maybe Nick Claxton, um, Joe Harris, perhaps, PJ Washington, Bruce Brown, Jeremy Grant, uh, Dennis Smith, if he plays, perhaps. Kawhi Leonard, I like a lot. DeMar DeRozan. Uh, Rui Hachimura, if Beal is out. Even if Beal is in, I think there's some value there because no Bertans either. Devontae Graham, Reggie Jackson, Zubats, Trey Young, Gordon Haywood, Clint Capella, Colin Sexton. I think all come in looking okay. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and we're in on YouTube. As you can see, if you're watching it on YouTube, give it a thumbs up, leave a comment down below, hit the notification bell, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.